0: Hello and good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great. How about you? Absolutely fantastic. Before we even get started, I got to thank your father for being the inspiration to this nation and I, I just want to thank mm. him over and over again for what he has done. I mean, it's just I mean and and then this book is a continuation of it. I mean, it's just yes. amazing. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, he's he's a pretty uh Pretty good guy. (laughs) Yeah, yes. I guess
0: we'll keep him right. (laughs) You know what's great about this book, Paula, is the fact that it's storytelling. It's it's the kind of storytelling that I got when I was a kid. And 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 in fact with with this book in my hands, you made me feel whole because it's real.
1: Oh. Yes. It is absolutely real. And this is how I grew up. My dad told us this story and, you know, dozens of others growing up. To teach us lessons and it was you know very impactful for us it's one of those things
0: you know Dolly Parton used to tell us all the time that uh you know country music really is nothing but storytelling that's what's what was going on in the other town and I can so see music coming out of this book are you working
1: with anybody to Mm -hmm. create music no but that's a great idea Cause it, the, and my dad's a big country music fan for the same reason. He <laughs> loves the storytelling.
0: <laughs> it's it, it's That's exactly what it is. And what's really interesting is that we are in a time in history where a book like this needs to be placed inside the journeys of these young children becoming adults.
1: Mm, mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, I think what I wanted to accomplish with this book is to let people, let children know that, you can't let other people's opinions of you determine what you're going to do in life. You've got to stay focused on your own goals.
0: That it, Now, that right there reminds me of one of the things I wanted to talk about. What, what you're saying is mindfulness, being, being aware of who you are. Mm-hmm. And then on the back of the yes. book, one of the principles of nonviolence is that you leave your opponents whole and better off than you found them. Was your father a yes. martial artist? Because those are the words that were taught inside the schools.
1: Yeah, that's, you know... My father grew up in a really diverse neighborhood in New Orleans. He was a little scrawny black kid, and he was not going to be able to fight his way out of every situation. And so my grandfather taught him to use his mind to think, to negotiate, to listen to people and respect differences. And that's how you're going to make it. And that's how you're going to change minds.
0: And with, with things, you know, with, with the focus being on the race relations in the South in the 1930s, I'm in the South in 2022. I, I, I'm, I'm not seeing much of a change. It's there, but not as much as we would had hoped.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It is dis- disappointing that we find ourselves fighting some of the same battles over again. But I think we have made tremendous progress in that we have more platforms yeah. from which to fight. And we've got more people in position to take this battle all the way through.
0: And isn't that one of the reasons why this book would, would be so important for a young adult or even a child? Because you, you, you've got the platform. You've got, you can race beyond where you think that you are. Move forward. It's going, it's going to require you.
1: Absolutely. You've got to believe in yourself. And, you know, you can't let people tell you you can't do it or tell you that you shouldn't do it. <laughs> you've just got to keep fighting.
0: And that's Jesse's story, because we all know what happened over there in Germany during those, those uh, summer games. I mean, he, he, he kept going, and he, nothing stopped him.
1: Exactly. That's right. Won four gold medals in front of a white supremacist. <laughs> so what better lesson is that?
0: <laughs> but he was more than just the fastest runner on the planet. He was so involved with his community, wasn't he?
1: He was. And I think, you know, not only was he a tremendous athlete, but he just had such strength of character. And that's the other role model that we want to see is that, you know, it's not just accomplishing the goal, but it is doing it with with dignity and pride and acceptance.
0: In this world that we have today, how is it that we can teach empathy and compassion? Or is that something that has to come from what well, way before we even got here?
1: We have to allow children to be children yep. and expose them to differences but kids are naturally accepting you know we we teach racism we teach them how to exclude others kids want to play kids want to have fun and so I think allowing kids to experience different perspectives and different stories and different kinds of people is going to make the world a better place
0: are any of these these uh, illustrations inside the book, are they going to be in galleries? Because, I mean, there are so many pictures here that deserve to be up on people's walls.
1: I agree. Oh, my God. Uh, Gordon C. James just does an amazing job of really bringing the story to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his illustrations are so dynamic. They look like they're running. They look like they're moving. And... I would love to see them hanging in galleries, because they are definitely deserving.
0: One of the things that you touch on inside the book is something that, boy, it just really hits my heart, is the next day I couldn't wait to get back to the playground so I could run like Jesse Owens. I I was that kid that would watch the Olympics, and I was that kid that would get on that road and think that I was going to win the next gold medal.
1: So he would have me jumping hurdles in the kitchen, because that was, you know, he was a runner, he wanted to make a runner out of me. but. The Olympics is always such an inspiring event. And, of course, you know, my dad brought the Olympics to Atlanta in 1996. Yes, so that was uh, a great achievement for him.
0: To be in your moment of now, to have this book out here, because, you know, as, as authors and stuff like that, one of the toughest things that we go through is relinquishing the story for the rest of the world to have. It's almost like it belongs to us now. What is it like for you? Mm.
1: You know it's it is really a joy for me to be able to share this story with children because I I think it is an inspiring story I think it it is a guide for kids to know that you can do what you want to do mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I love sharing stories with the world.
0: The, one, of the, one of the features that you have inside the story is the fact when, when going into the theater, going to the back door, it, it's almost like mm-hmm. we need to plant that seed saying that, hey, look, something wasn't right back then, and let's make sure we don't do that again.
1: Absolutely. I think it is so important for children to really know our history and understand it uh Maya Angelou has this quote that says history despite its wrenching pain cannot be unlived but if faced with courage need not be lived again let's not go back
0: it's so true so true the goal the mission the calling nonviolent I mean you really promote that in a huge way don't be violent that is not a choice definitely. that's up for grabs
1: definitely it, it's not the way to get a thing's things accomplished. And, you know, we have to find a way to work together. And that means listening and talking and respecting. How did
0: your dad find peace all the time in Atlanta? Because we've always heard those stories from the outside, you know, being up here in Charlotte. I mean, Atlanta is in our backyard.
1: Yeah. So um, it's been by having conversations with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my dad's roles in the civil rights movement, he was not The first, you know, the first one out marching, he was the one that went and negotiated with the white (laughs) businessmen. He's the one who went and brought the churches in uh, the white churches into the civil rights movement. And so, you know, he learned early on that you have to be able to talk to people and include them in the process in order to really make progress.
0: Did he journal in the way that one day maybe you'll release his story in the way that this book is being released?
1: Uh you know, he's he doesn't write the stories, but he tells them. So oh. I'm collecting all the stories that he's telling.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. You're, you're doing the, the, It's so interesting that you say that because I was reading up on, on for Native Americans that the elders are not sharing the story because the younger generation doesn't want to listen to them. You are doing such a mm. beautiful thing here.
1: Yes. Oh, we've, we've got to collect those stories of, um, of our ancestors, of our elders, because they have so much to teach us. And it's not that we need to do things exactly the way they did it, but we can learn so much from their experiences.
0: Will there be other books from your father's stories?
1: I certainly hope so. (laughs) He's got lots to tell. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: Is there a website where listeners can go and find out more about your father? Because he's a man that people need to know. He cannot be hidden in history.
1: Right. So he has the Andrew J. Young Foundation. And you can find their website, and you can find me on Instagram, PY Shelton. I love it. Please come back
0: to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for I you. I
1: would love to.
0: Excellent. Well, you be brilliant today, okay?
1: Oh, thank you so much. Same to you. <laughs>